to talk about being filled with God's glory. How many are glad that they are filled with God's glory? Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> a couple of scriptures we're going to read, then we can be seated, all right? Amen. And then it's testimony time. <laughs> Exodus, the 40th chapter, verse 32 through 38. When they went to the tent of the congregation, when they came near unto the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. He reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar. He set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I could just stop right there. Preach quite a bit on what, what happens when the glory of the Lord fills this place. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. When the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. That's fancy English for saying if it moved, they moved. If it didn't move, they stayed. That's what that means. The cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I want to be filled with God's glory. Amen. I need to be filled with God's glory. You may say that as well. I'm trying to do three different things today on three different notes. So I've never done that before, so if I get confused, just bear with me. This lesson that we're, the series that we're talking about is the God of deliverance. How many believe that's for sure a truth? And um, <clears throat> it's somewhat, uh, it's not difficult, but it's a, it, this storm has touched a lot of us, hasn't it? I don't know of anybody. I'm, you, you meet people, and people think, well, it it's, doesn't get any bad, then it wasn't my house, or this happened here, or that happened. I've met people this week that they lost everything, totally everything. And they are on Marco Island. You know where that is, way south. This storm does whatever storms are to do. And we'll find out that... I've experienced in the last two weeks that um, difficulties bring us closer together, don't, don't they? When the tough times happen and you go through tough times, your relationship with people seems to uh, get better. It either gets better or really gets bad. But I like the better part because you're sharing things and... Um, I'm thankful so much for this church and this congregation and what, what you have done in the last two weeks is amazing. So let's give ourselves a hand clap, can we? 
<clears throat> so um, I, I think these people that put these lessons together, um, I, I know it's with a lot of prayer and sacrifice and uh, listening to God and, and uh, doing things that God wants them to do, but I don't think that these just happen to get to these parts and they just happen to name it this and that lesson happens to be on uh, being filled with God's glory or whatever. Anyway, I was so on fire the week of the 25th because I, I looked through the lesson and I said, oh man, this is on glory. Whew, this is going to be a great lesson. And my dear wife, <coughs> who works with Sister Pearl, was gone for two weeks in Atlanta. And she said, Raj, why don't you just come on up? Because i got to stay two weeks, so we're going to stay over this weekend on the 25th. Why don't you just take a, get a ticket, fly up to Atlanta, and we'll go to the Stone Mountain. I said, man, that's great. But i got to teach this lesson. I, I, I just got to say something about the glory of God in this house and in our lives. I was on fire for it. I was ready to go. And something happened at the house Sunday morning at 2 a.m. My, uh, my uh, air conditioner came on at the time. It's supposed to come on. But my electrical panel burnt, caught on fire. So I'm laying in bed. I'm all by myself. And I look up, and everything's pitch black. And, man, it's a little hot in here. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, the power went out. I'll catch it later. So, But I got up Sunday morning at, like, 6.30. And I went out, and I said, I'll look and see in the neighbors, you know, if everybody else has got power. And I went out the front door. These people did. And I went to my neighbor in the next to me. And all of a sudden, his air conditioner came on. And I thought, man, something's wrong. So I went in my garage, and I smelled this melted plastic. And I opened up my panel, and my, my breakers were melted. And listen to me. Here's what God does for us. If I would have not stayed, and if I would have been in Atlanta going through, and, and if I said, you know, Phil, or I'd have traded with somebody to teach, you know, and I would have took a weekend off. Who knows what would have happened in my house? I'd have come back, all my refrigerator, all my freezer, all the stuff's been melted. I lost all kinds of stuff and all that kind of thing. That's why I had to stay. So what I did is here's another point in your lives. God puts people in your life for reasons, and at certain times, they're there for you. So I didn't know who to call. The first person I called was my, our dear pastor. I said, look, and here's one of the worst things that I hate to do is when I'm supposed to teach, when I'm supposed to preach, whatever I'm supposed to do, I hate passing it off and saying, hey, I can't be there. I never... I value this opportunity so much. And I told my son, I says, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm going to make it. i got to decide what to do right now, this house. They said, okay, Dad, no problem. So I called a, a person from that, that worked at Morris Park, an electrician guy, 
just so happened to catch him. He woke up, got, answered the phone. Glenn, yeah, it's Raj. What? <laughs> I need some help. Okay, I'll be there in 10 minutes. What? So here is my, here is my dilemma. I, I said, well, I can go to church. I can, I can do my lesson. I can do all of that stuff. Or I can get this fixed. But if I don't get this fixed, I don't know when I'm going to get this fixed. So I decided to get this fixed. And you know, at 5 o'clock that evening, that Sunday evening, I had a brand new panel. Everything was fine. Everything was good. Works perfect. Now, it works even better. Lesson learned about electrical panels. Every year, you need to make sure all the screws are tight. Because when, lesson, copper is soft. When you tighten it down, it'll go fine. But it, it works its way from soft, and things get loosened up. So that's what caused all of this thing. And when, when the connections are loose, it... It, ask, it has to pull more amps into your house, and it has to pull more amps to operate stuff. So when there's more amps pulled in through the wires, it causes heat, and heat melts plastic, and that's the whole idea. So I'm so thankful for God, for God's hand. So thankful that things just work out. So we don't know how this is going to, what? I, I tell you, this doesn't want. What? I don't know. This lesson just don't want to happen. But it's going to today. So I felt mightily of the Lord to do this. And God puts people in our lives. Things happen for in our lives, not just a coincidence. I believe things happen for reasons. And it improves us and improves our lives. Okay, let's get to this lesson then. Remember how to work this. God orchestrates things in our lives, amen? And uh, his timing is absolute perfect. So when God looks at us and God looks at our lives, he doesn't see the slaves anymore, does he? The devil will tell us and fool us all the time that you're not worthy of what you're doing for God. And that's a lie because God makes sure that we are worthy even though he tells us that you're the same old sinner that you used to be. You'll always be this. You'll always be that. That's a lie. And God's going to use us and God's going to have a mighty revival in this house because why? Because when we are better ourselves, the glory of God shows up. When we better our spiritual person, the glory of God moves in more intensely. Why? Because we shrink out of the way and he gets more attention. Is that simple to say? That's, that's really simple. And God will hear our cry. God will hear our prayer. How many believe that with me? Sounds like you're all sleeping on me, but that's okay. We're going through with this because it's been a while. Uh, when the children of Israel were delivered, uh, in, when they were in bondage in Egypt, God heard their cry, and he'd sent them Moses, the deliverer. He not only brought them out of Egypt, he brought them out with a lot more things that the people in Egypt 
gave them, they left with a lot of, of riches, the Bible says, that Egypt had, and now the Israelite people had it all, and they went out, and Pharaoh was mad. You want to know the story. The army was after them. They met to a place in the Red Sea, and God led them to that place. Why did God lead them to that place? So that their faith could be more increased in God. That's why things happen. I don't know why the storm came, but this I do know. If that storm would have just slowed down a little bit, and that cold front would have pushed that storm a little further south, who knows what would have happened? Who knows what would have happened? But God does things for us. Amen? <clears throat> so um, they crossed the Red Sea. And uh, Moses led them through the desert. Moses, Moses led them to Mount Sinai. God gave them the law, the tabernacle plan, and the priesthood, everything that they did. And they set up the construction of the tabernacle according to what God had given them. So God's plan was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. And they built this um, tabernacle. Their construction was um, had to be set up this certain way. It had to be done a certain process and all that kind of things. So Moses, the Bible said, chose gifted people to build this tabernacle according to what God wanted. How's that affect me in 2022? God has put you in a place. We are fitly framed, the Bible says. How many believe that? We're fitly framed into the house of God. So what I have to do as a good saint, what I have to do is, is understand where I fit in the house of God. Understand where I fit in the plan of God and keep doing the best that I can at that place. I know people that say, well, I could do that, or I could be this person, I could be. It's not to say that your, your ambitions and your desires and what God wants you to do to improve yourself is, is, is not in play. It is. But some people get a big head and they say, well, I can be a pastor of a church, or I could do this thing, and I could do that. And that's what's wrong is God never called them to do that. God called them to do a certain thing and put them in that house, and I want to develop the best and be the best that I can. Why? Because I want the glory of God to fill the house. Everybody had a job to perform. All the way down from erecting the temple, all the way down, or the tabernacle, from tearing it down to putting it back up. The Locke family had a post. Let's say we had three posts that we were supposed to be in charge of, which was important. Because without those three posts in the fence, it wasn't right. So every time, I'm using myself as an example, every time the cloud moved or the pillar of fire moved or whatever God moved, it was time for me to go to my three pillars, my pick my three pillars up and do what I'm supposed to do according to the plan to get those three pillars moved and back and forth. So I had a job to do, right? So my job was to do the three pillar thing, right? It wasn't, to do, uh, it wasn't to do something the priest had to do. It wasn't to do something that, I, well, I want to hang the curtain. I don't want to do my post. There was no argument with that. Here's what your assignment was. Here's where I was put in place. And in order for the tabernacle to be done right, I had to do my thing. I had to do my thing. Hold on.
it was broken down in uh, the tabernacle. It went all the way down to the family, down to the tribe, down to the family, down to the individuals. So here's the deal. This church, our family, we're still doing things that involve people in the past. We're still doing things that involve our heritage because we're not only doing something for Raj. I'm not only doing something for me. I'm doing something that honors my parents, that honors my grandparents, that honors people in this church before, that honors uh, the Elkins family, that honors everybody else that had something to do with establishing this church. So it's not just this, the three pillars. It's a lot of heritage in God's house. It's a lot of heritage into his kingdom. And I've got to understand that if that's where God wants me to do and that's where I'm fitting into this place, then i got to do the best that I can and i got to be sure that I'm the best that I am spiritually so the glory of God comes into that place. We talk about revival all the time. We preach about revival, this and revival. But we've got to stop just talking and preaching about it. we got to start doing things. And I think that's one thing that this nation has come across, that the things in the current events of our history has come across, that we've got to do something. It's not just voting a person into office. I've got to improve myself spiritually. Why? Because I need the glory of God. I need him in my life. I need him in my house. I need him on my job. We need him in the church. We need him in our city. We need him in our county. We need him in our state. I thank God for the things that we have, but you know what? I want the fire from heaven. I want the glory of God to burn this place up, and I've got to be the best that I can be. If that means just take care of three little posts or whatever my assignment is, I've got to do the best that I can to do it. That's not hard to understand. Not hard. Let's go to Ephesians, the second chapter. Let's say glory. It's God's glory, isn't it? I know there's different definitions to glory, different meanings to glory. We receive glory and honor, but all the glory and honor goes to him. That's why what you do through the week adds to the glory that you, when you come here. I don't want to come here empty. I don't. I don't want to come here and be negative, not talk negative and have a negative attitude, but spiritually be negative that somebody's got to help me get back up to the, to, to the level. I, I want to be better than that. I want to be the one that brings, that, that it, it in, it's an encourager, a spiritual encourager. I want to put something in positive to the service. I want to put something in positive to the moving of God. I don't want to just sit and do nothing. I've got to be involved. Why? Because we're building a tabernacle. Why? Because God's moving and we've got to move something over and build something up over here. Why revival's coming? Why this country needs a church? It needs a powerful move of God. God, and it's going to come through this congregation. I believe that. That's what I believe that's different down this street. 
It's different here. Why? Glory. Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers or slaves or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. How many believe that? We're brothers and sisters together. And I so appreciate and love how we all came together to do things. And uh, we're not finished. We're just getting started. And uh, no matter where you're at, and what, good to see you, Brother Bully, Sister Bully. God bless you. We're, no, we're, we're not foreigners anymore. Uh, <clears throat> but we are fellow citizens with the saints, the household of God. We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Can you say amen to that? Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, we said this before, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple of God. What if the building just grew and there wasn't any glory and there wasn't anything that, that God honored in it? It was just something that man did. If that was the case, I would point you to other churches that lay vacant, other churches that echo through the building, other churches that are built. Why? Because man thinks it's, it's for them to erect. Oh, look what I did. Oh, look what we did. Oh, look how this happened. And, and God's not in it at all. That's the mindset of the, of, of the carnality of man is I want to look good. I want to say the right thing because why? I want Raj to look good. I'm not up here so that I look good. I'm up here because God's led me to do something and I got to do the best that I can. And however it happens, why? Because I want the glory of God in this house. In whom all the building fitly framed together grow to a holy temple, in whom you are also built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. This time that we live, it's the end times. Can you say amen? It requires that we are best as we can be spiritually. And not only the word require shouldn't be in there, this time that we live demands that we're the best. We're not good enough being ourselves carnality to fix anything. It takes the hand of God. It takes the anointing of God. It takes the Shekinah glory of God. It's not because somebody gets elected in an office and everything's going to be fine. That's not how the devil works. That's not how evil works. They're still going to come with all that they can can to ramp it and to put us out of business if we can. It's going to take all of us and it demands that we are our best. Revival happens when glory fills the temple. Amen. Filled with God's glory. He didn't do that just, just to make us happy. God didn't give you the Holy Ghost just so that you can say, oh, well, I'm on my way to heaven. That's fine. I feel God gave you the Holy Ghost to do something in his kingdom. I feel God gave you the Holy Ghost so that he connected to you spiritually. 
and there's an avenue, there's a cord, there's a, a, a pipeline, so to speak, there's an electrical uh, wire that God's connected to you individually, and when God's word goes forth and the preaching or the singing or whatever you hear, and God plucks that string, God charges that, energizes that wire, it touches you. The glory of God touches you, and it's either going to make you do something better for God or it's going to make you do nothing. You choose to do what God wants to do in your life. You're the one that chooses to come down and pray. You're the one that says, God, I need to go over and stop at this place and touch somebody and pray for somebody. Or I need to get to the church to help them pass out meals or do something for God. You're the one that says yes or no. That's how powerful you are. That's how powerful choice is. And if you want the glory of God in your life, then you want to always choose what God wants to do. Why? It requires faith. What if the children of Israel said, I'm not going to pack everything up and move just because it moved down the road a mile or two? The cloud, that is. You have no idea what God's got for you. That's what's exciting about look about living for God is because he knows what's best. He works things out. He'll move you from this job to that job. He'll introduce you to people. And when something happens and you need something, they're there. Somebody needs to hear from you. And you have their mail. And you've got to deliver. We have to be our best, don't we? The difference is in glory, it's not fleshly talents or elaborate buildings. If it was, we would be way far behind everything. If you ever get a chance, read about the Azusa Street Revival. Read about what their church was. 20 by 60, three stories. That's this section right here. Underneath them was a, a, a horse stable. And you know what happens with animals? You got to clean it out once in a while, don't you? And all that stench went up to the floor. And on their church, on their service, they just had light bulbs hanging down. Just a little light. No air conditioning. Hot. Stench from the stables, but God moved. Nothing elaborate. No marble floors. All it was is wooden benches and people having a hunger for God. And the glory of the Lord filled that city. Azusa Street Revival went on for nine years. Unbelievable. Had had as many as 1,500 people on Sundays fill this neighborhood. The people didn't know what to do. Why? Because people were just being slain in the spirit. The Holy Ghost is moving all over the place. People are being healed. Miracles, signs, and wonders were happening. Why? Because people wanted to seek and to find the glory of God. And it takes sacrifice just as same as it's sacrifice to come here and pass out food and cook hamburgers and do whatever. You people, this church reached all the way down to Naples. People that I live or that I work with now, 
has another step towards, oh, that's Roger's church. Why? Because something happened. Why? Because we delivered stuff to him. So, I need to get as much of the glory of God as we can. Amen to that? I need to get as much of the glory of God as I possibly can. And the best place to get the glory of God, in your prayer closet, but when we gather together into this building, the best place to get every time you come in here, God's got a word for you. God's got something for you. God's got glory for you. And it's up to you to make the sacrifice to say, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter how I feel, it doesn't matter all that stuff. I've got to get down to the altar to get the answer from God that God wants me. So it's an individual relationship thing that God has for you. I, I, I'm hurrying. I, I'm, only on, <coughs> I'm only on page three, so I'm about half done. Please bear with me. <clears throat> it's a relationship thing. You remember the manna that God sent down to the children of Israel out in the desert? Remember that? <clears throat> Show me in the Bible where there was a manna salesman. Show me in the Bible where there was a manna, Mr. Haney, that gathered everything up and took his wagon through the tabernacle to the, to the, 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 the place where everybody was in their tents and handed out manna. You don't have to go pick it up. I've got it for you. That didn't work. There was no manna vacuum that was sold that you go out and you vacuum up all the manna that you want. There was no uh, a, a person that was a manna door dash, somebody that said, I need to order some more manna and push a button and have it done. It wasn't done like that. It's a relationship thing. Here's what I'm saying. When the glory of God fills this house, when you feel the Holy Ghost come upon you, you have to go at it like those people did gathering manna. How did they gather it? They went out with their hands. They went out and, and knelt down in the sand and they began to gather up the manna for themselves. Do you understand? I can't gather manna for you through the church. I can't do that at, at an altar. I can't do that. I can pray for you, but I can't get manna. You have to do it yourself. It's the same thing with the glory of God. If you want the glory of God in a special way, you, my friend, have to go chase after the glory of God. You've got to climb the mountain of transfiguration. You've got to see God in all of his glory yourself. I've got to get it. Every service, I've got to get some glory. Every service, I've got to hear your word, God. Every And listen, if he'll hear the cry of the people in, in Egypt to deliver us, he'll hear your cry when he says, I need to hear from you, Lord. You'll hear it. There'll be a word. There'll be a help. So I have to go out and I have to gather it up with my hands. Show me in a museum in Cairo, Egypt, where there was a manna rake. There was no device. And people would sit and think, how can I gather more manna quickly? It's not that. It's a relationship. God, I need you more. Doesn't the, doesn't the news drive you on your knees to gather what God's got? 
<sighs> Colossians 1, 23 through 27. I'm hurrying. If you continue in faith grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which was we have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of all the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which have been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Here we go. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's the big deal about the Gentiles? I've got his glory in me. I've got his glory in me. That's what they're wanting to see is his glory. But yet they're looking at you and me, and they need to see him. It's God's plan that all should come to repentance, that no one should perish, that the promise of the Holy Ghost will be given, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, the Scripture says, that in just the basic salvation, but when it comes to the glory of God... I think it's like degrees and in intensity. I think it's like, to put it in hurricane lingo, it's different categories. I don't want to level one category, glory of God. I, I, I can't live with a one. got to climb up whatever God's put in front of me. I've got to go after more of God's glory. I've got to open myself more. This is why you have a lot of power in what God does in your life. You can turn it on or you can turn it off. You can say, ah, that's not for me. Or you can let God rule and guide you and lead you through the desert like he did the children of Israel. Why? It's all because of glory. In Acts, the fourth chapter, the people perceived that Peter and John, that these men had been with Jesus. Why? Because they were full of his glory. Things happen with these guys. We need things to happen in our lives. Amen. Come on, Rod. You're getting real, real, real. You're getting real tough here. I, I got one more scripture. That's even tougher. John 1, 10 through 14, he was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Came unto his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, to him he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How many believe on his name? How many know you're the son of God? How many believe that his glory is in here? Which were born not of blood, 
nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the world was made flesh, the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Listen, and we beheld his glory. That means they saw things, didn't they? We beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I remember Brother T.F. Tenney. He was, he was an awesome man of God. I could listen to Brother Tenney all day long. I remember him saying something about the closer you get to the Lord, the, the, the lesser the amount the congregation is. As an example, he fed 5,000. He had 5,000 people. Why? Because he handed out bread and fish. And then he called, you know, his 12 disciples. He went down to 12. And then when he went up to the Mount Transfiguration, he just chose three, Peter, James, and John. Then when he went to Calvary, there was just one left. The closer you get to Calvary, the closer you get to the heart of God, the closer you get to the throne of grace, more people start dropping off. Why? Because it's a sacrifice to go after. It's a sacrifice to climb a mountain and get to where God is. It's a sacrifice to go up to Mount Transfiguration. I don't, you, you have every right and you have every ability to stay where you're at on the same level wherever you're leveling. But I don't want to live there. People don't need us to live there. Revival doesn't really happen on that one level. It happens on level five, and you, you, we've, we've got to get up there. That's why Hurricane Ian, that's why things happen, and that's why uh, 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 things happen in your life, and it's not just a coincidence. Why God wants us to get closer to him. That's what I believe. I believe all this stuff that's happened in the last couple years is not to drive us away and say, oh, well, I'm just going to live my common life and not do anything. I think God wants us to get closer. As a matter of fact, I know God wants us to get closer to him. As a matter of fact, God wants to show up in our lives full of glory and truth. Why? Because we've got a little bit of his glory on the inside. My last scripture, I, I got one, two, two verses. I never really thought when I read Romans 1 that all the time when I read that and I taught from Romans 1, I said, I, I'm not, I don't want to be in that chapter. Are you crazy? Those are awful people that did in Romans 1. <laughs> I found myself there. I found myself. Romans 1, 22 and 23, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. What are you saying, Rod? I'm not taking the glory of God and making a, a, an idol out of it, a little bird or a little man or worshiping that in my house. 
what do you mean? How do, you, how do I change the glory of God? I change the glory of God because I ignore it. When God speaks to me and he comes in this place and, and, and tears show up in your eyes and, 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 and the presence of God and it starts calling you and stuff, I change the glory of God because I buck it up and I say, I ain't doing nothing. I'm not following the leading of the Spirit. That's why it just cuts it off. And I change it because the glory of God that flows in this house, he wants revival. He wants to heal. He wants miracles, signs, and wonders. He wants mighty things happening in his family, and his church. He wants to reach everybody. I can close it down. I can't be the same. I can't live like I lived two weeks ago. I'm sorry, I can't. I don't know how God's working or what God's doing, but he's here today, and he wants to fill us with his glory, and he's got a word for you. He sees what you've been through. He knows the storm. He knows where it went. He knows the damage. He knows everything that's going on in our lives, and I don't want to shut it down and say, Lord, I just, I can do it by myself. I want me to look better. I want me to look good. I want me to sound good. I don't want to look good. I want him to look good because people are looking at me to see the glory of God. Stand with me. How do I change the glory of God? I ignore this call. I do things that make me look good. I have a form of godliness. I don't mean to be too long. If you have not gotten the book that Brother Gurley wrote about the prayer, the book on prayer, you need to get that, please. Page 83 talks about the fragrance of God when you've been with God, when you've been in the glory of God. It's like a perfume. It's like going through the perfume department in, in, in a department store. He likens it and how he explains what happened to him. People notice you when you've been with God. And they notice you when you haven't been with God. Because you're just like everybody. I don't want to be like everybody else. Why? Because he's put some of his glory in here to start with. I want them to see him, don't you? I hope I've helped you today. Let's pray. Let's let's sing our song. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, in the presence, in the presence of the Lord, in, your presence, in the presence of. 